Welcome ladies to the Sasha Eburn podcast, your ultimate destination for embracing the flexible life and manifesting your wildest dreams. I am your host, Sasha Eburn, the no-nonsense badass VA coach. I'm all about empowering women to live a flexible and rewarding life with their very own virtual assistant business. If you're a woman with an unstoppable drive, a passion for growth, and a burning desire to build, grow, and scale your very own virtual assistant business, then you've come to the right place. Together, we'll unleash your potential, explore strategies, and share insights from remarkable women who have achieved greatness in the VA industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's go. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Sasha Eben Show, where we dive deep into the world of online entrepreneurship and meet incredible individuals who are making waves in their respective fields. Today, we're going to explore the world of podcasting from an entrepreneurial perspective, how virtual assistants can upskill in podcasting and what podcast producers can utilize a virtual assistant for. Before we dive in, I'd like to introduce our amazing guest, Nikki Vox. Nikki believes the magic of conversation is real, that each unique voice is the cornerstone of facilitating healing, change and transformation. She calls herself the podcast priestess, working with clients to connect more intimately with their audience via digital media marketing. Her work in the world was a natural progression from an extensive background in radio, where she was an announcer for commercial stations across South Australia and Victoria. Nikki entertained, performed, and connected with their listeners. As an entrepreneur and a soul-led creative, she adores helping clients further their reach by clarifying their unique message using podcasting, digital media marketing to broadcast it to the world. By the way, Nikki Vox isn't just our incredible guest today. She's also the mastermind behind the scenes, the podcast producer that fuels the fire for the Sasha Evo show. Talk about a double dose of awesomeness. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thanks so much for jumping on today. Thanks, babe. I'm super excited to be here and have this chat with you. Hey. I'm so excited. I think it's kind of been a long time coming as well. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Yeah. I'd love to kick things off. I always like to ask this question. I really want to get to know who is Nikki. So tell me a little bit about your journey. Oh, that's a big story. So the like short condensed little version is I'm Nikki Vox. I'm a single mum. I have an eight-year-old boy and I am the podcasting priestess really is how I like to refer to myself because really when you get down to the crux of it, I love the healing and transformation that comes in conversations, right? When people show up and have conversations like this, you can have these beautiful like aha moments and kind of shift your perspective in a moment with something that you may have been struggling with for like a month, a week, a year. 10 years and so really when you like sort of distill it down that's the message behind what I do is because I love to help especially women entrepreneurs like yourself to launch their own podcasts and start sharing their story and their why and and what really matters to them behind the business as to you know why they do what they do so yeah that's it in a nutshell (laughs) I love that and how did you get into podcasting I, well, back in the day in a previous life, it seems like now, mm-hmm. I was a radio presenter and that life just wasn't really for me in terms of, I was working for a commercial station and as a female in that industry, you have to be a bit of a cardboard cutout. You have to have the opposite opinion of your male coworker. You have to do all the gossip columns and you've known me for a little while now. Like That's just really not aligned with who I am and the kind of soul that I am. I really like to have conversations about depth, right, and th- and life. And 
situations and perspectives. And so that kind of surface level chit chat didn't really align with who I was anymore. So I quit that. And then I ended up meeting my son's father and fell pregnant really quickly in a relationship with him. And, you know, as these things happen, left him when my son was five weeks old. So I found myself as a single mom and motherhood can really strip you down to like strip your identity, right? Like you Mm. kind of forget who you are, not forget who you are, but you're like this new person who this baby is like was so dependent on me and I had no guiding light. I had no North Mm. Star. I really, I had come out of a a quite an abusive relationship and so I was healing. I was learning how to be a mom. I didn't know what I was going to do for money So all of these things kind of added together and as a way, because I was, you know, under-resourced, as a way of sort of healing myself, I started my own podcast so that I could have conversations with trailblazing women who had walked the path before me, you know, so I could really like kind of borrow their strength, their confidence, their perseverance, their resilience and know that I was going to get through this like really rough patch of my life, right, and become this kind of powerhouse who could be proud to look my son in the eyes and say, you know, this is how you kind of navigate the world, right? So I started my podcast and through, uh, you know, that kind of exploded, to be honest, in terms of success for the episodes and the people that I had on. And and then people in business, women in business started coming to me and saying, hey, how can I start a podcast? Can you help me? I really, you know, it's effective as a marketing funnel, you know, and also I want to share more of my story. I want to stand up and and sort of share the medicine that is me. So that's how it all kind of came about. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I think it's always really powerful to share the message behind our journey. And I love mm-hmm. the fact that it's something that, yes, organically you fell into it. How, however, it was so aligned mm. to who you are and what you're about. Mm. And we talk about that in the academy, and I talk about that with my clients doing what is aligned with you mm-hmm. and be in full congruency with yourself. And when it feels like it's just not quite right, that's when you're out of alignment. Mm-hmm. Well, as you would know, right, like entrepreneurial life is like a journey. It's a wild ride, as is motherhood, right? So mm-hmm. if you don't know who you are and you're not aligned to something that you actually like on the days where it's really hard, you're like you need something to be able to carry you through those moments because like like everything there's ups and downs there's peaks and troughs and so I think having a why that is more than just money and with Mm. women in business my experience is it's always more than just money then you know you can kind of fall back on that and allow that to hold you in those moments where you don't feel like the strong warrior that you you know that you normally can be. And I think on that it also is a point that I'd love to make and both of those journeys that you spoke about is they don't have to be a solo journey. Mm -hmm. They say that it takes a village. Yes, it's the same for in business. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do it alone. And there's so many beautiful women out there that are ready to take your hand, show you the way and guide you through it. And we don't have to fumble through entrepreneurship at all. We're all there to support each other and be that guiding light and show them and share even the mistakes that we have made on our journey as well. And I love the fact that there is this beautiful entrepreneurship circle of women around that are ready and willing to support us on the journey. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think 
you know, that's a lesson that I'm still learning now. I think a lot of us, especially as women, like we can, we can buy into this rhetoric that like the, of, of competition when really it's been my experience that women actually love to collaborate. Women actually love to like build each other up. And when you're really ready to have like an honest conversation and you reach out from a really authentic place, whether that's on, you know, Instagram DMs, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's an email, whether it's whatever, like a voice message, I think people can feel that. And that's a huge difference, you know, when you reach out with that energy, like, hey, I'm not asking for anything. Do you just want to connect? I'd love to hear your story because we all have commonalities in our story. We all have a collective experience. And there's, you know, as women, as women in business, as women mums, there's a lot that we have that we can share. And like you said, that village support mentality Mm. really can carry us further than we can carry ourselves. And I'm sure, as you know, (laughs) that's a lesson that I learned the hard way because I can get pretty far by myself. (laughs) But I had definitely gotten further with, you know, with a with a bloody awesome tribe. (laughs) Yeah, and I think as women especially of the 21st century, we feel like we have Mm. to do it on our own. We Mm. feel like we have to prove it to ourselves. And that sometimes it might be a bit of a weakness to ask for help, but actually it's a strength to know when to ask for help. Yes, and I think that's such an important distinction in our minds to make, right? Like switching that mentality from feeling like it's a weakness Mm. to actually like it's our biggest flex, asking for help, knowing where, you know, because we all know where our strengths and our skills lie, but knowing where that isn't, like that's the sign of a great leader. When you're a great leader, whether that's of your household, whether that's of your business, and you can identify the spots that you aren't so skilled in and outsource that to a more highly skilled Mm. person, you know, in that area or get advice on it if it's something that you want to learn yourself, then like that is leadership, that is power, that is you know, is success in my eyes. Exactly. And I always like to reflect on the successful entrepreneurs out there because I feel that, yes, they are successful and they are a lot of the times where we want to be. However, if you actually sit there and would talk to them and you would find out about their journey, you would find out that they weren't just an overnight success. They didn't Mm -hmm. just show up like that. They did the work. They sought out mentors. They sought out coaches and they surrounded themselves with like-minded people to get them to where they are today. So I think it's maybe because we haven't seen the journey that we don't really think that we need that. However, you go and talk to the most successful people in the world and they will tell you the amount of money that they've invested in supports and mentors and whoever else that might be. I think we would be very surprised. A hundred percent. And isn't that saying like the overnight success that took 10 years, <laughs> right? Love like that. it's, it's so true. And I think not just that, but it's also like the failures. And I yeah. think the thing that a lot of people don't see about those big successes is, or the, you know, the really successful high level, like top percentage, they are really willing to get uncomfortable. Like discomfort is a part of the game that you have to <laughs> kind of move through, like whatever your process is and be comfortable being uncomfortable. Cause if like, you know, I can't remember who said it, but the moment you're in your comfort zone, you can become obsolete. You can become like, you know, yeah. it's just gonna, yeah. Always be growing and moving. I think is, is, yeah. the, lesson, is the lesson there. Now I do get asked this question a lot and from new VAs jumping into the space, there is a commonality with interest in jumping into podcasting, whether that be learning to produce podcasts for people 
or just actually supporting podcast producers. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if you have any advice for those women who are looking to support podcast producers and how they can go about that and to learn more. Yeah, for sure. Look, I... I think we haven't seen the boom in audio, to be completely honest with you. You know, like I think audio is still an untapped market, especially females, like getting their voice into this space. Like we just don't have enough of them. So what's my advice to podcasts? If you want to become a podcast VA, there's so much space in there. (laughs) First and foremost would be like learn how to edit, right? Like that's probably the biggest thing that we need. And especially like business, like online entrepreneurs, business coaches, companies even now who are coming on board with me and they want to get content out there so Mm -hmm. my advice would be like the ground level is definitely learning how to be an effective like editor making sure that you can you know and a lot of time I'm going to get a little bit technical here but a lot of the time and I'm thankful for my radio background in this like not you don't interrupt some people over edit their content right Mm -hmm. and that edit like and I know that Instagram and Facebook world is kind of like they like that quick snappy content but podcasting is a long-form game and you don't want to interrupt the conversational flow absolutely take out the ums and ahs and the you know the clicks and the tuts and all that kind of stuff because of the intimate medium you want to make sure someone's focused on the content and what's actually being delivered but you also don't want it to be so choppy that it breaks up that conversational flow because what I find to be true is that the power in podcasting is the storytelling, is the medicine in the sharing of someone's experiential learning, someone's how they see life, case studies that they shared, all that kind of stuff. Like that's, and if you think about the way humans have evolved, right? Like stories have been passed down from generation to generation. So it's actually inbuilt in us. Like this is how we, (laughs) how we kind of live and learn, right? So, and aside from sort of podcast, public podcast, there's also a huge space opening up in terms of private podcasts where people are, we're tired of sitting in front of Zoom. We're tired of consuming videos like long form videos. Whereas if you can give a busy mum entrepreneur Mm. or a a high flying corporate woman, you know, a five, podcast series on a private feed that you know she doesn't have to sit down and and watch that she can listen to when she's cooking dinner or going to the gym or driving to pick up her kids from school there's a huge market for that too in terms of like audio courses and private feeds even down to like one-on-one clients and having that private you know this for you here and you can drop their calls in and stuff so that they can re-listen to the key point so yeah I would say the first skill to get down is definitely like the technical editing which is it's like learning another language but you know it's pretty easy there's a lot of free videos on the on the internet you know audacity is a great free program that you can use you can just download a computer and it's very intuitive in terms of it's just like reading a waveform really and teaching yourself how to do that and how to yeah how to edit i think the world is your oyster. There's not just podcasts, like I said, audio courses, meditations, hypnosis. There's a whole world of like audio that can kind of come in, which I don't think there's enough people to service what's what's needed in that industry. Yeah, that's true. You've kind of blown the lid out of editing and audio. And it is very much, I guess, if you're talking about an industry, it's a very young industry. And you're right, it's not just podcasting. There's so many other audio forms that we do digest. So once somebody has mastered the skill of editing, it can be mapped across to many different types of audio form. Other than videos, is there actually somewhere that they can go to learn this skill? Or 
as a podcast producer, if you were to hire a VA, would you be training that person or would you expect them to have that skill already when they come and support you? Well, look, the stage that I'm at in business now, I do love training, but I probably just don't have the time. In terms of I definitely would expect someone to come to me with a certain level of knowledge first, and then I can definitely refine. I have trained a couple of people in audio editing, and I do have like some courses on it and stuff. But in terms of, yeah, like me putting in that one-on-one time, I just, you know, I'd prefer there's other work that I'd love to pour my time and energy into more. But yeah, like I think... It's one of those things also, you know, Sasha, like once you start doing something, you've got to, you've got to do it crappy at the start. You've got to be not so great at it. And then as you go, you get faster, you get more effective. You can like read it. You get, it becomes this language that you then just speak really fluently, you know, and then there's other hacks where you can kind of like speed up. Like you can, you know, like you watch videos in like one and a half time or two times or whatever, then you get really more like quicker at it, more efficient at it. And it's a lot of an easier process. So yeah, I would say like, that's kind of like the the nuts and bolts of the tech. If you really want to sort of stand out in the podcast VA world and in the audio world, I would then pair that with an ability to be able to really deliver effective copy, like show notes, those sorts of things. So that you've really that kind of like one, two combo and be able to like repurpose that content. Cause that's where a lot of the gold is too, in terms of VAs listening who are thinking about, sort of moving more into the podcasting space. Yeah, great. And I guess other than editing, copy, audio, what else might you hire a VA for, even if they don't have the specific technical skills that you need? Is there other things that you might outsource a VA for? Me personally in my business? Yeah. Mm, I mean, personally in my business, I could probably outsource a bit of social media. Great. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe some... Maybe it's of inbox, email, inbox management. Like I think just the sheer amount of emails I get from my son's school is like I could hire a full-time person just in that. <laughs> yeah, those are probably the, like the other areas. You know, yeah, okay, here's something else that I would really love in terms of someone being able to, like you get transcripts from, from calls, right? So in terms of like my one-on-one clients, and also like my podcasting clients being able to move through those transcriptions and kind of condense them down into effective notes, either whether it's for a client who I need to like be chatting strategy about that sort of stuff or pulling gold from in terms of, you know, repurposing content for them on socials. Yeah. Yeah. We're interrupting this podcast episode to tell you about the VA Way Academy. If you want to build, grow and scale your VA biz to 30k plus months, then this is the place for you. We receive incredible feedback at the VAWA Academy. One standout story I would love to share with you is Lissa. Lissa took the leap of faith and launched her own business. And in just six weeks, she had achieved her goal of going full-time. Lissa's determination and hard work paid off, allowing her to leave Australia and live out her dreams as a digital nomad. If you're ready to embark on your own path to success and build a thriving VA business, Head over to the show notes for the link to apply. And now let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, I think it's good to highlight because sometimes we can, when we're navigating this new space, we decide what we're going to offer and then really forget about different businesses that actually need the support that we have. So yes, Mm -hmm. you specialize in podcasting, but -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only support that you might look for a VA for. 
Yeah. There's still plenty of other facets in your business. So if somebody has an interest in specifically podcasting, however, the editing side of things is something that they want to grow to, they could still start working with a podcast producer in the skills that they already have that mm-hmm. have been mapped across into supporting and then they can grow into those different facets of the business. Yeah, definitely. Now, I do like to talk quite a lot in the online space about sales and Mm -hmm. strategies and connecting with people. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know how you obtain new clients. And is it a traditional means of advertising through ads? Or what specifically is it for you in the online space? Because everybody has their own strategies. And I love Mm -hmm. talking about what is it for you? What's the sweet spot for you? And what works? Like at the heart of everything that I do, I love conversations, right? So like networking, networking is my big thing. So having conversations in any way, shape or form, whether that be like going to in-person events, hanging out in like masterminds or groups and like getting to know like a few people and then making connections that way. Also through guesting on other people's podcasts, right? It's a great strategy in terms of I find it really easy to show up and have conversations. I love to share. You can ask me anything and I'll always tell people like I'm not a gatekeeper, So yeah, like having, showing up to conversations like this is one of my favorite ways to like network and market myself. And then I have a really solid retention rate with clients. And so I think a lot of the time it's word of mouth for me in terms of like clients who refer me on to new clients because, you know, because they love me. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) There's, there's, there's no scientific or, you know, special answer. That's just... I like my strength of having conversations and connecting. So that's what I use, right? Yeah. And I think that's how we came about. Yes, yeah. I found you through someone else. However, it was the conversation. It was the connection. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. We seemed to click. And then I found somebody else that you'd worked with. And I just got yeah. some social proof. And yeah, that was, you know, my tick of approval. And I think that's where it gets to be easy. Yeah. Just need to connect with people and have authentic conversations. And I have been asked from service providers in the past, you know, why did I decide to work with a particular service provider? And most of the time I can't even remember. Yeah. And it's more, we actually just became friends or yeah. we just started connecting or there is this whole online space of people that you can connect with. And mm-hmm. I would say since I have been in business, Gosh, I would say anywhere up till about 25 people that I would call a close acquaintance, I've never met them in real life. Yeah. And I think it's great that we can have this beautiful business network here up above in the social space. And then, yes, you do get to work with people that you like, know, and trust because it just comes organically. Yeah. And it feels authentic. Yeah. I think people wildly underestimate the human factor. right like we're humans when it comes down to it so and you know I'm sure you can share my sentiment in terms of like when someone's approaching you if they're reaching out or you're reaching out to someone else intention matters right like if I can see a mile off if someone is trying to sell me something or cold dm me whereas if someone comes from a completely different energy which literally has happened to me twice in the last two months one here in Australia who's in a different state to me who I just had an e-coffee with today before I jumped on this call with you Mm -hmm. another one I am doing some RRT training over in the US and she's over in the UK and we've become fast friends we now catch up once a week for a debrief of like everything that we're studying and 
like it's actually just feeling that authenticity when someone reaches out to you like I can you can tell when someone like is trying to message you and sell you into something to like ask you the questions to lead you down a conversation or whether they're just genuinely interested in you as a human have respect for what you're doing on your front line and like want to have a coffee with you have a catch-up how can we collaborate how can I just want to you know network a little bit and and sort of share our resources and our tools you know there's a there's an energy and an intention and people always pick up on that we are humans <laughs> so yeah. yeah we're quite intuitive beings yeah say. yeah yeah definitely and I guess we spoke about the industry being quite young mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about some common misconceptions or some limiting beliefs potentially around the industry or maybe even about people thinking about doing a podcast what have you heard in the resistance to either the space or jumping in to do their own podcast yeah so I think in the space the biggest thing I hear from like entrepreneurs is I don't like the sound of my own voice I'm not a techie person like where do I kind of start and to those to those kind of myths I say like you can really simplify this process right you can be a solopreneur who doesn't have a whole lot of time and resources and you can make an effective quality podcast from a shoestring, right? Like I really, you know, I really like to simplify the process, whether that is, you know, if you can afford to have, like get a microphone and headphones and all that kind of stuff, great. If you can't, there's still really effective ways for you to be able to create your content. You can grab those old school Apple headphones with a little speaker on the side, not AirPods, because AirPods are not the greatest sound mm-hmm. quality and start with those in your phone and an app, right? In terms of like, I think, yeah, the mindset stuff is probably the thing that comes up the most and you question yourself, you know, who's going to listen to what I have to say? Do I really have anything to share that's of value? And to that I say, of course you do because you have conversations every day and people are genuinely interested in what you have to say and what you have to share. There is gold in your story that you just haven't unveiled yet. You know, I think I said to you as well, by your fifth episode, you will be flying. It, you know, it takes a little while, like learning to drive a car. We aren't, we weren't great when we started learning to drive a car. It felt uncomfortable. It felt clunky until it starts feeling automatic until mm. you like, you know, what's the biggest key to confidence is success is doing the thing. <laughs> and then once you gain that evidence, you can be like, okay, cool. I am now a podcaster and everything starts to flow a lot better. You go back and listen to my podcast episodes, the first ones, they are not pretty. <laughs> and I had a background in radio. You go back and listen to, I'm sure, Joe Rogan's first YouTube videos yeah. or podcast episodes. He's not polished either. We all start somewhere. I think the biggest thing that trips people up is I'll start when. I'll start when. I'll start when. No, just start now. Just start with what you have just start from the place of like, I really want to share this. What are you really solid in? What's yeah. the why behind your business? What's the biggest transformational points in your life that have brought you to where you are? Because that is the stuff people are interested in. That is the stuff that's going to make you stand out from the crowd and differentiate you from everybody else. Yeah. If you have the feeling that you have a message, mm-hmm. then share it. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever said, oh, I think I want to do a podcast, there's something there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I set up myself for quite a while. I was just mm-hmm. like, I have a message. How do I get it out? I'd always been interested in podcasts. Even before I had a business, I was on people's podcasts talking mm-hmm. about my life. I I don't know. I was just attracted to it. And I think just to kind of urge people that if they 
feel like they have a message or they feel like this is where they need to be is to to jump in and even just feel the fear and do it anyway. I remember the, the day that <laughs> we went live, I was in Thailand and I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God, we're going to go live. And I felt the fear. Yeah. And then when people started to message me saying, mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Yes. And I was just like, oh, now I feel so much better. So feel yeah. the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Cause we all like, we all want to know there's other people like us, right? And we all want to resonate with, with something in someone else's story. And, and you know, I think, I think online entrepreneurs and especially like in our kind of space, you're either a writer or you're like, or you love chatting, right? And I love chatting. I love listening to audio. Like I'm an audio gal, <laughs> right? So go with what your strength is. You know, if you, if you're, if you love sitting down and writing, like then write, do yeah. blogs, do captions, do that kind of stuff. Cause that's your art. Mm-hmm. If you love having conversations, if you feel like here's a really great way to tell whether you you're, you should be a podcaster. If you, like find it hard to sell or to write sales stuff or to market your business. But whenever you're in front of someone having a conversation, they're like, oh, awesome. Thanks. That makes so much more sense. You need to share your voice because that is the way that you're most effective in communicating who it is you are, what it is you do and why you do it. Love that. I think that's a really great example. That's really easy for someone to to decide what that is. Hmm. In terms of, DIYing a podcast mm-hmm. or getting a producer. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the pros and cons of it. I obviously jumped in. You've been producing my podcast for a while now, and it was more of a I wouldn't have a clue where to get started, yeah. and very time poor, and yeah. I wanted to do it properly. Yeah. However, what about someone that's really not sure? What are some pros and cons of doing it yourself and hiring a professional to do it for them? Mm-hmm. I think this come. do you know what I think I feel like this comes back to Sasha and you're probably not going to love my answer I think it comes back to like personal branding right yeah. like some some online entrepreneurs really love that rogue nature that nature of like I'm a bit of a disruptor I'm a bit of a maverick they record podcasts in their car when they're driving on like headphones and the sound quality is not great but they're really embodied in their message and they just want to get that stuff out and done it's not polished it's not edited you get it raw you get it straight up there's like a shot of tequila and there's no freaking (laughs) you know after thing and it's just out right so if that is your part of who you are that is part of your personal brand that is part of your value system absolutely DIY it because you don't have to edit and you can just like record it and put it straight out yeah if you like a little bit more of a refined process if you are resource enough that you want to have that really great quality, have a microphone, have an editor taking out those little pieces and also, you know, giving you some of that strategy and giving you some of that feedback in terms of like refining how you deliver things because here's the thing and, you know, working with me, right, it's not just like refining the podcast, it's it's refining your presentation so that Mm -hmm. then you can get on like guest speaking, speaking in retreats, speaking on in like real life events. So it's not just, I find with a lot of my clients, they start out podcasting and then they really go on to be able to like be on panels, have the confidence to to present in bigger rooms, rooms with thousands of people, you know, and you're sort of going on that track. So I would say that's the kind of differentiator between, you know, knowing who you are, what your personal brand is and what your trajectory is and where you want to go. I think you've hit the nail on the head and I'm a planner 
it makes sense. Yeah. And the fact that you write the copy as well. Yeah. Copy is not my jam. And also, I guess, aligning the guests with the direction of the, of the strategy as well. I mean, it's really great to, like I say all the time, there is strategy in everything that we do mm-hmm. in business. Mm-hmm. And you could create this podcast, and if it's mm-hmm. solo episodes, great. You're getting your message across. Mm-hmm. It's about when you engage with those guests mm-hmm. to ensure that they follow the strategy to make sure that it's right. It's right yeah. for the audience. Yeah. And if you don't have those skills and you don't have that knowledge, you could just be grabbing any old person onto yeah. the podcast, and it just might not align with the audience. So I think that's really great to acknowledge that. And very much like you said, with the tour directory, you know, speaking on stages, bigger rooms. That's where I'm going anyway. So Yeah, and that time piece. I think that time time. piece is really important too. Like, you know, a lot of my clients, they just get to show up and record and then they can give the rest of it to me, which feels a lot easier in terms of their content process. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I guess single mum as well, running two multi-six-figure businesses, Mm -hmm. it was just (laughs) easy to be able to say, Here's my podcast. Yeah. And let's flip the switch a little bit and mm-hmm. let's look into a mum in business because mm-hmm. it comes up a lot. And even today I've had the, you know, how do you do it all? <laughs> As a single mum, how do you mm-hmm. really manage your time and your workload effectively to make sure that you can be the bomb ass podcast producer that you are and be the best mum you can be as well? Yeah. I think, again, you have to be clear on your values right? Like I, it's why I got into like to working for myself because I, is because I really, it was really important to me that my son had time with me, right? That I was able to pick him up from school, do every single school drop off, go to excursions when he's got it. So I, I'm really clear on making sure I have time to spend with him in terms of, and making that time quality time too. So I do tend to stick to like working in school hours And then when he goes to his dad's on the weekends, I like squeeze in some extra work there, you know, when and if I can kind of thing. So, you know, I'm definitely not the kind of entrepreneur that's like that up leveled like 50 times really quickly. I'm more of a like slow burn kind of wanted to make sure that I pace myself, expand my capacity, be able to hold that capacity before I move to the next level because I didn't want to burn out. So yeah, I just knew that about myself, right? And I worked with myself to do that. I knew it was going to take longer and just kind of allow myself to be in that space, right? Where I'm like, I, while he's young, his time is still important to me and I want to really build that relationship with him. So I kind of balance those two things. And he also knows, you know, when mum's working sometimes at nighttime or when he comes home from school, which is usually probably like one to two times a week, right? Mm. So three three days out of school, like three days out of the week, I'll spend with him doing stuff and two days I'll be doing work when he gets home from school. But I also really love that. I love that he can see my work ethic. I love that he knows what I do. I love that he knows that you don't have to go to a job every day to earn money. I love that he knows he can have the freedom to like create a business that he loves. So I don't know, I kind of integrate my business into like our life so that he knows what's possible for him too, if that makes sense. I think that's a really good point to make because I feel like there is this societal conditioning that really kind of tells us that we can't be working when the kids are home. But you're right, it is actually showing them a really good example of how you can integrate your work into your home life and they don't just always see us, you know, drop off, going off to work. Well, where do you go all day? They can actually see how we work and what we do and the impact we get to make, which I think is really special. 
Yeah. And I like, I make it, it's part of my business, right? So if I'm on Zoom call, like if my son, he's with my mum right now, but if he was here and he rocks up, like I bring him in, you know what I mean? Like I'd be like, this is, this is part and parcel of working with me. I am a, I am a single mum. So he could like take it or leave it, right? Like yeah. I will integrate him into that. And I also think as you probably do, Sasha, like I know the things that I don't love, like I don't love cleaning. So I outsource my cleaning. Like yep. I don't love, you know, like, so the things that I don't really love doing, I will outsource those parts of it so that, you know, I just don't do the unenjoyable things anymore <laughs> in terms of, you know, yes. I don't want to do it all in terms of have to be this 1950s housewife plus run a business plus be a mum. The parts that I don't like, I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, and we don't just have to outsource things in our business as well. Where can we outsource yeah. in our own lives? I yeah. have a cleaner as well. I would yeah. not be able to live without my cleaner. Yeah. It just makes the time that we get to have with our family so much more special because we're not spending it cleaning. Yeah, and I'm not grumpy. So I think it's, you know, it's really sitting down and and knowing the things that you do enjoy. And I think earlier on, this is a lot harder, right? Like we were a little bit luckier in terms of we're a little bit further along, but earlier on, it's really like I had to kind of be like, okay, I don't love this. So then I would put on a podcast that I love or how can I make me love this or, you know, change my mood while I'm doing it so that I there's not this like, uh, you know, kind of energy because the uh, energy doesn't doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> yeah, changing a state can really change yeah. anything. So if you don't have the capacity to outsource your cleaning, yeah. you're right, put on a podcast, put yeah. on some of your favourite bangers and just yeah. enjoy the process. And then when you can afford it, go and outsource yeah, it. Yeah, that's a, yeah, 100%. Perfect. Mm. Before we finish up today, I always mm-hmm. like to finish with some rapid fire questions. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite social media platform for business networking? Instagram. Morning or night person? I'm a night person, but geez, I'd love to be a morning person. I'm yeah. kind of jealous of the people who can like spring out of bed and like watch the sunrise and work mm-hmm. out and do it like, you know, and answer 50 emails before 7 a.m. It's never going to be me, <laughs> but yeah. Is that a limiting belief or is that a choice that you... I know. Do you know what's funny? Like, just quickly, I have been, like I said, I've been doing this rapid resolution therapy training, right? And I did go jump on a call with Dr. John Holly the other day and, like, literally got him to do some, like, clearing around, like, morning. And so we shall see whether I can cross the threshold. We'll check back in a couple of months. However, I personally have been trying to retrain to be a morning person because I know that I am always on point so much more in the morning so that's what we lean into our strengths and I know being on point first thing in the morning if I'm recording content or a podcast episode it is on so I am in that process of trying to switch because I'm a night owl as well Hmm. windows or mac mac all the way (laughs) who even does windows anymore I don't even know and I'm sure for (laughs) podcast editing yes the software is a lot better as well oh 100 i don't think i don't think you can do any kind of audio without a mac like i mean you can that's a lie that's but it makes life so much easier and just talking to all the as an entrepreneur or as any kind of online business person your mac talks to your phone talks to this talks to that it's just so much easier (laughs) yeah when i send photos to people on the phone and they're like what do you want me to do with this i'm like just airplay it they're like yeah i can't do that i'm like well maybe (laughs) 
Maybe it's time it's, for a Mac. I know. And there's always like one or two in the family. Like I've got my mum and my brother-in-law have the Samsungs and the rest of us oh. have an iPhone. And I'm like, why are you dragging the whole family down? <laughs> not, not on, not on. Tea or coffee? Coffee, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> beach vacation or mountain retreat? I live near the beach, so I would go mountain retreat. Lucky. Like I get to see the beach every day. Yeah, I've grown up along the beach, and so uh, yeah, the beach is just part of who I am. So I would definitely choose a mountain vacation just because there's something about that forest smell too, and like the you know the lakes and kind of that is definitely like a retreat. Like I can like the winter retreat, you know, mm. fire on like glass of red wine. Glass of mm. red wine. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat today and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If anyone is interested in hearing about you or a little bit more about what you do, where can they find you? Yeah, so they can find me at underscore Nikki Vox, V-O-X-X underscore. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. NikkiVox.com is my website. And yeah, you can like seriously jump in, have a chat with me. I love to talk about podcasting. I love to talk about business online, being a woman and a mom in business. So I'd be happy to have a chat. Hit me up. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I would love for you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast so we can get this podcast into more heads and hearts. If you've got questions, hit me up at Instagram at Sasha Eburn underscore underscore. And remember, if nothing changes, nothing changes.